Ramam continues the laws of averting danger. If an animal or a bird that was eaten by a poisonous snake or ate a poison that would kill a person, so the poisonous snake that bit it, the poison it ate, is lethal to humans, even though it's not lethal to animals. Before it's metabolized in the body, a person is not allowed to eat that animal not because of trefus, because the animal is not going to die. It's not going to be die within the year from it, at least. And therefore, it's not a trefus, but it's also for the person. An animal that's found to have its legs cut off or to have a cut in its legs, perhaps, even though it's not considered a lethal wound, it's also for the issue of sakana. Maybe this cut is because coming from a uh, uh, poisonous, venomous creature. You have to do an inspection to make sure it's not, po- it's not poisonous. How do you inspect? You have to shake the animal, the tail is a batana, and then roast it in the oven. Not in you can't boil it, you gotta roast it on a barbecue. If the meat does not fall apart, nor does it seem different than regular roasted meat, it's mutter, and it means the meat the poison was metabolized, because if it wasn't, it would impact the meat in some way, it would look like it would, it would look irregular. If it looks regular, then you know it's not only kosher, but it's mutter mitzatzakona. Base. If you have figs or dates, excuse me, or grapes. Um, squash, and melons, avatichin, and cucumbers. Excuse me, tainim is 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 figs. Novim is grapes. Vakishuyim is zucchini. Vadlun is squash. Avatichin and 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 melons, alafundus and and cucumbers. All basically different kinds of vegetables that that poisonous snakes will bite into. I feel like they are very big, in which case the poison might become somewhat diluted. Whether it attached to the ground or not. I feel like they were in a keli, but it was not sealed. As long as it's not completely dry fruit yet, and you find some kind of bite mark, maybe it was bitten by not a mouse, but rather a poisonous snake. Even if you see a bird or a mouse eating from it, so you can assume that they're, you, you, you might assume they're the ones who made the uh, the mark. Maybe the mouse found a hole that was made by a poisonous snake, and then it's eating it. It's, it's biting in there. Gimel. Teina fig, another grape. The stem was taken out. So the place where the stem was now, the flesh of the of the of the meat of the fruit is exposed. That's not a problem. You can assume that that's where why the uh, why there's a mark there because the stem was taken out. Therefore, you can eat um, dates and excuse me, figs and grapes at night without worrying, uh, as long as you can feel there's no mark in them, even though the stem is taken out. It's not a problem. A fig that has a hole. It's dry to the point that it's like a dried fig. Tomorrow can occur to show or a date which has been gotten a hole and dried out. Because um, the fact that now, because we can be, we assume that the fact that you don't see any 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 change in it in the way it looks as a regular dried fruit means there's no poison in it, or even if there was, the poison has become benign. A person not allowed to put money, copper coins, or silver coins, silver coins into his mouth. Maybe there's a dried saliva on it. Of a person who's a leper. A person, excuse me, yeah, a leper, or Isaiah, or the sweat on it. So you can't see it because it's dry, but that type of sweat, all sweat of a person, is poisonous, except for the. Um, 
uh, the, the poison of the, the sweat of the face, excuse me. So any sweat, except for the sweat of the face, any person that's dried or saliva from these type of lepers is problematic and therefore you're not allowed to put these coins in your mouth. People often put coins, hold coins in their hands and maybe you're worried that putting in your mouth you're going to uh, get some of the, the sweat or the saliva in your own mouth. Also, uh, people sometimes bite coins to make sure they're real. So they're back then, especially gold coins, Therefore, it's worried that it has a saliva of a leper, and then that's contagious, etc. Hey, if a chen lagitin adam sa pasul the tachas shochi, a person should not put the palm of his hand under his armpit. Shem yagav yadav mitzrayah v'samra. Maybe his hand touched something, some residue from the body of a mitzrayah or some kind of poison. Shadai maskanis, his hands are very active. Even though you think you don't remember touching anything, it's suspicious, but you can never be certain. And therefore, you touch a part of your body that's very sensitive, like under the armpit, it could damage the person. Lagitin tafshul tachasimita. Poshu should not put a cooked food under his bed. In other words, the, the thing they would sit on, sit or lie on this bed, they would eat on in those times. Even though you're busy in the meal, therefore the chayra, you're there. You're not going to, you, you're going to see if anything suspicious happens, if it's a snake or something. Maybe something which could be unhealthy will fall. So you're not going to see. Therefore, always keep it where you can see. Always keep your food in sight. You should not stick. Finish cutting up the vegetables. You're going to take the knife. You're going to stick it in the in, this, in the fruit and the esrog or in a radish. And like until until next time, like to keep it this sort of because like storage. That's a problem. Maybe a person is going to fall on the fruit or step on the fruit. Let's say fall on the fruit, and he's not going to realize that there's a blade inside of it, and the blade is not going to get squashed under his weight like the fruit will, and therefore it's going to stab him and die. A person not allowed to travel under a Wall that's shaky, it's leaning, it's about to fall, it might fall. Or on a dangerous bridge, or the Kanis of the Khurba are going to a ruin which might collapse. Anything else which is dangerous, these type of things. Also, from Kemen, you're not allowed to pass under them. So, uh, dangerous places is forbidden. Zion. Yid is not allowed to be secluded with a goy, an idolatrous goy. The assumption is that the average idolatrous guy is uh, suspected of the possibility of being a murderer. Don't travel together with them. If you happen to meet them on the way, you weren't traveling, but you couldn't help the fact you guys got to the crossroads at the same time, then you should uh, keep him at your right at your right side. If you're a right-handed person, that is, of course. Because your right hand is always ready to keep him at arm's length. In case she attacks you. If you didn't go in, we're going up or down a ladder. Don't do it in a way where the guy is on top of on top of the yid, higher up, going up or going down. The reverse should be done. Should be, is how it should be. If the guy is on top, he'll kind of uh, just pretend to fall and kill the yid. Don't bend down in front of him. He, maybe he will crush his skull. In other words, when, you, when you're leaning in front of him, you can't see him, he'll kick the ear in the head. He'll kick the yid in the head. Ches. If the goyim, when you meet in the, in the path and on the way, asks you, where are you going? Where are you going? You should give him a, 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 a broader answer, meaning tell him you're going further than you really are. Till I arrive, uh, till say your Yaakov told Esav, but he really wasn't going that far this way. Um, of course, you can ignore him completely. It's you know good, but if you're worried that if you ignore him, he'll get angry at you. So then, give him a different answer. So this way, if in case he's planning on doing something, he'll wait till later, perhaps, and he'll think he has time to plan his, his scheme. And by that time, you're ready. You'll have uh, been off the road. Test. Also, likach shefor lekachavim a yid is not allowed to take a medicine, uh, medicine, uh, any kind of medicine from a goy, an idolatrous goy. Unless we're uh, we're giving up hope that he will live at this point. Again, the worry is that the guy will poison the Jew 
and if at this point there's no hope that Yid will live anyways, so uh, nothing to lose. And hopefully the guy won't poison him. But also the Shabbos, when Apicarius, a Yid is not allowed to take a healing agent, a medicine from an Apicarius, a Jew who's an heretic. Even if you have given up hope, maybe the Yid will be healed. And then he'll he'll be friendly with this Apicarius doctor. And he will um, uh, want to follow his lifestyle. He'll feel drawn to him as a friendship and want to live his lifestyle. And spiritual death is worse than physical death. However, Take medicine from a, an idolatrous guy for an animal, just a monetary issue, or if it's like a, a wound on the hand or the outside that doesn't, that's not, not, the skin isn't broken, or at least it's not going into the crevice of the uh, inside of the body, a bandage or a compressor of some kind, that's allowed. It's just for food you take into your body, that's much more concern. If, however, it was a wound that could be dangerous in terms of its ability to impact the person, if the wrong medicine is given, also because again, we're worried that. Uh, the guy will do, give him something which will actually damage the body rather than help, help the body. So what's the gather of a maka that could be a potential severe that, that the guy could impact in a negative way? Any wound which you're allowed to violate the Shabbos to heal it, you're not allowed to take it from a goyisha doctor. Now I'm discussed this, what these types of wounds are, elements are in Hilcha Shabbos, Perak Beis. Halachas Daladin Hei. You're allowed to ask the guy what to do. You're not allowed to buy the medicine from him, take the medicine from him, you can ask him what to do. He can tell you, this medicine is good, do this, don't buy it from him. Excuse me, don't take the medicine from him. You're not allowed to take a haircut from a guy in a secluded place. Maybe the guy will kill the yid with his scissors when he's giving him a haircut. Goyish barber is not allowed. You're not allowed to go to Goyish barber. Imhaya adam chashu. However, if the yid was a very important person, motor it's motor. The guy is afraid to kill him because he's going to be found out. If the yid is able to pretend he's an important person, so the guy will become afraid and he shouldn't kill him. Right? The yid, yid convinces the Goyish barber that he's up as the you know the president's advisor or something. Then you are allowed to take a haircut from a guy. You're not allowed to sell to idolaters. Any weaponry. Vain mashchis in the hemesasai you're not allowed to improve their weaponry. You can't sharpen the knives, swords. In meich in the hemesasai you can't sell them knives like kolodin or chains that you put on the neck of prisoners like kvolim shel barzel or these iron um, chains you put on the feet. Vloi shal shal shel barzel hanaduya or these uh, Indian chains that they would that they would buy and they would use them to make weapons out of them. Naduya is India, apparently. You can't sell them, you can't give them or sell them, you can't sell them bears or lions. They would use these for war purposes or the gladi- in the stadiums. They call or anything else which can be used to harm the public. A shield, however, you may sell them. And that's when to protect themselves, not worry that's going to impact you negatively. You give them. You cannot sell them to a Jew. He's going to sell them to a guy. You're allowed to sell them to the local army, right, to the police station. They presumably protect the Jewish citizens as well. So that's okay. Whatever you're not allowed to sell to a guy, you're allowed to sell to a Jew who is a robber. You can't sell knives or swords or guns to the Jewish mafia. You are causing, besides the fact that you're going to cause innocent people to be harmed, you are that's maybe, maybe not. But the fact is, you are enabling 
definitely putting a stumbling block in front of the blind, you're enabling these Jewish mafiosos to do more averis. Now, this is not just this example, is the Ram expands this to other things. Anytime a person causes a person who is, so to speak, blind or uninformed on a matter, and he gives them advice, it's not, it's not appropriate. Or he helps a person who is a very dude, you know, uh, be strengthened. He is blind in the matter, doesn't see the truth because of the desires of his heart. His heart is too strong. It says that the do not place something block in front of the blind. Right? So if someone gives you a uh, you know, is it okay to give it to a Jew who doesn't keep hold of your soul? It's a good question. You have to ask her off. It's not kosher, sure you can't, but it's a, a person comes to take advice of you, give him advice that's appropriate for him. Not that it's appropriate for you, it's appropriate for him, that's what's important. And elsewhere it's explained, in the Sichas, more focused on Rashi than the Ramah might believe, but the idea is that even if, as far as you're concerned, there's no, as far as he's concerned, excuse me, there's no difference, right? He has two houses he can buy. They ask you which one should he buy. And considering all the miles of Chesrenes, there's no difference. But for you, it's good if he buys the, the, the left one instead of the right one for whatever reason. Don't tell him buy the left one. After all, it's no difference to him, but it'll help me because the right one is what I want to buy or, or whatever it might be. Now I'll do that. You must give him advice that's beneficial for him. Not for, You can't consider your own interests. It's not to give a good advice to a goy, or to, even to an evad k'nayni who's a rush doesn't keep the mitzvahs that evad's supposed to keep. Even if you're giving him advice, do a mitzvah. But he doesn't want to do tshuva. He just wants to do a mitzvah and keep his his his, his, his lifestyle of a rasha. Also, now I do that. Because then you're giving a person who wants to be a Russia a schus, you're not supposed to do that. But it's again to a yid, this doesn't apply. But it's Nasan Daniel El Shahisa The reason why Daniel was tested by being thrown in the lion's den was a lion's den was a punishment that he gave Nebuchadnezzar, who wanted to remain a Russia, did not want to do tshuva, but who got the Navua from Daniel that he's going to have all kinds of punishments, become the outcast from society, etc. Daniel told him to give tzedakah, he'll delay the punishment. Shemet says, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you, and then uh, redeem your avarice to tzedakah to delay the punishment. But because he wasn't really, didn't want to do tshuva, he just wanted to, want to, wanted to buy, you know, kind of bribe the business Shalmaila, that was considered inappropriate. Of course, a guy who is mechuyiv in Shefa Mitzvahs, if you can convince him to do any of them, that's appropriate. But if it's not something he's, he's mechuyiv in, and he doesn't want to become better as a, as, as a Benayach, then there's no need to have him do, uh, teach him to do mitzvahs that just simply for a schus. A, a proper Benayach who wants to do more mitzvahs to gain schar, you, you could teach him, you should teach him to do other mitzvahs. Uh, the Ram talks about that in Hilchus Malachim. In Perakyut, but if he doesn't want to be a Ben Noyach and the thing you're teaching him is not a Chiyuv, he still wants to be a Russia, he just wants to get the benefits of whatever it's going to be, do not teach him that.